Welcome to the Expert Ownership Podcast, where we launch faith-filled entrepreneurs into greater freedom and success. But you know what? It's more than that. We want to help you thrive in the midst of today's cancel culture. Our goal is to raise up workplace warriors who will stand for what they believe in, whatever the cost. You can find out more by visiting expertownership.com. But without further ado, here we go. I've been really, really feeling it. Got a bus to move or a show. Let me get it. Welcome back to the Expert Ownership Podcast. I'm here with David and Jason Bedlam, and I'm your host, <laughs> Larry Hubatka. Everybody and, um, missed you last week, Lair. Uh, you know what? Um, what happened last week? I can't you, were you were with Tahoe Kelly. Or, no, Kelly. Wait. Oh, yeah. Or you had just come back or something. That's you, right. You pushed us off for your wife. I know. It was an anniversary trip. That was an anniversary trip. How many years? 22 years. Mm. As of the recording of this podcast, 22 wow. years married. And oh. you don't have one gray hair. Yeah, you know, I've got a few now. I've got you know what? a dozen. I'm going to speak on behalf of Kelly. Larry, 22 years with you has felt like 22 minutes underwater. <laughs> have you used that before? Yes. I have. It's pretty and good. it's not yeah. his originally. It's <laughs> not my heard that. So. But I love it. Okay, it is, let's go. What are we talking good. about? Solid. Okay, so, you know, you've both been married for a long time. How long for the two of you? I'll be 24 in September. Mine is, I'm in 22, 22 in December. Man, that's awesome. All of us, 20 plus years. Okay, so how many times in your marriage have you said this to your significant other? If you'll just tell me what to do, I'll do it. Oh my gosh. That's easy. But she wants me to intuitively know her well enough to where she doesn't have to tell me. See, that's the key. That is the key. You have to know her. And you can. You can. I know, and I did. I was at Kendra Scott the other day buying a pair of earrings. Oh, were you? Because I intuitively watched her light up when she looked at these, and I took note of it. Three days later, I went back and got them. Listen, men, you're going to have to study your wives to know this, but that one still hasn't paid hey, off yet. I should give a shameless plug now. You, you sh- this absolutely This is Jason. Should. I just released a new podcast, Beauty in Battle, with my bride, Tori. She tells great jokes, and we talk for, you know, 20, 25 minutes on marriage, especially for entrepreneurs who are married and leaders who are married. Her jokes are fantastic, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, I love them. Yeah, they're a little... Well, you got to talk about the book also. Oh, yeah, Podcast yeah, release the book. Based on the book. Yes, Beauty and Battle, Winning a Marriage by Waging a War. We help you learn to leverage the fight that could tear you apart and use it to draw you together. And there is a way to do that. And where can people get this book? Amazon. Awesome, and where can they hear the podcast? Any place where there's a podcast platform. <laughs> Listen, I don't know. You're such a good host, Larry. I would have never even thought to ask those questions. I don't know, man. Anywhere where you can you get podcast shut podcast up. Podcast Beauty and battle stuff. Okay, so the reason I asked that question, when was the last time that you asked that? Was because to your point, David, our wives are like, it would be so nice if I didn't have to tell you, uh-huh. and you would just know what you were supposed to do. But here's the problem. How do we actually know what we're supposed to do? So today on the podcast, we're going to talk a lot about priorities. We're going to talk about how to identify which priorities should be your greatest priorities. Good call. Because you know, all of us as either business owners or people who work Mm -hmm. for different businesses, we're part of a team, we're part of an organization, we're trying to figure out, hey, everything's important. I mean, I used to hear people say this all the time to me, people that I would manage or lead, but you say everything's important, so how am I supposed to figure it out? And then, of course, Mm -hmm. I get frustrated thinking... Uh Okay, guys, I, I know I've said some version of that, but I just kind of made an assumption here that you would not think everything was of equal importance uh-huh. and then come back to me and not do anything because you were paralyzed. Yes. Right. This is not good. So we're going to talk about that today. By the way, today's podcast, 
brought to all of our listeners by CHM. Uh, Sam Wise, our producer, who's eating bacon currently, do you know what CHM stands for? Christian Healthcare Ministries. That's correct, Christian Healthcare Ministries. Good job, Sam. <laughs> Good job, Sam. This has been a partner of ours now for, gosh, long for, time. Yeah, for a very long time. In fact, for David and Jason, I think if you've been a longtime listener, you've heard us say this before, you've been with CHM for how many years? Almost, 19 years. Yeah, almost 20. My gosh. Yeah. In fact, your membership number is in the, I think you're maybe only five digits. <laughs> yeah. And the rest of us are like... Hundreds of thousands. Yeah, I'm like number 500,000 or something like that. Yeah. It's the answer. It's funny because Jason and I, we hit so much on the culture issues and all of these other things. And when Obamacare came out and all of this universal healthcare type stuff, Christian Healthcare Ministries is within the purview of all of that, which allows you to almost transcend the whole system. And it really lowers your monthly obligations, and it's incredible coverage. It's just been awesome for our families. And by the way, I had to call them last week because my daughter had no surgery. Long story short, she broke a nose. They were awesome to work with. Okay, wait, hold on, hold on. Yeah, this no surgery. That's great. This is okay. So this is a CHM plug. But how did your daughter break a nose? You know what? She didn't know that her nose was broken. She uh-huh. went in because she was having some congestion, and then on social, some of some people were commenting, "Hey, your nose is looking kind of wide." Oh, so she gosh. went in. Oh, she broke it. And they said deviated septum, a oh, couple broken oh, bones. Okay. How did she like, do it? She doesn't know. Oh, what? They said it My might gosh. have been broken for who knows how long, but this was like uh, maybe a month and a half, two months ago she went in. Said surgery? Had surgery. So she was living at her house for the past week. And is this Riley? This is Riley. She went home yesterday and uh, she's on the road to recovery. They said it'll take a year for the swelling to fully go down. Okay, so oh. tell, tell me how it worked with CHM. Oh, so easy. I mean, literally, I, I called, I talked to John. Mm-hmm. John was fantastic. And John, I mean, it was like John was reading my mind, first of all. And he was like, you've not been down this road before. Let me hold your hand, son. And well, walk the, you down. the funny <laughs> thing is, is that you came on board with us a year, year and a half ago. Yeah. And your first decision as an entrepreneur, as leaving the the big you know marketplace yeah. and now in becoming an entrepreneur yourself, starting an amazing agency, the Queen City Moving Company, um, you said, guys, I'm concerned about insurance for my family. And we're like, dude, CHM. And now here you are. And it's, it's incredible. First, and this is the first time you've had to use it. Yeah, that's right. And they've shared sharing in the medical, 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 medical expenses yes. with us. That's amazing. Yeah, it's been awesome. So anyways, CHM, expertownership.com slash CHM for more info. Love it. I feel like this podcast... No should just be called CHM. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? We love it. Okay, priorities. Let's go. Okay, let's go. So I'm going to ask you a question that either, either of you can start, but how do you decide what priorities to make priorities in your lives? Okay, so this, Jason, uh, <clears throat> let me start with this. Before you start thinking of tasks and to-dos, you have to start thinking of people. So if you want to prioritize your day and your life, it has to start with the people who you need to prioritize. So we think about Jesus. He lived in concentric circles, right? So like like Target. You yeah, know? you're gonna need to explain this concentric, concentric circle. Like, you know, just think about going to shopping at Target, the, the logo for Target. You know, it's like a bullseye. So let's just say five or six concentric circles and they gradually get smaller. Well, Jesus shows us that he had a very small concentric circle where his primary number one dude that was the closest to him that we know of was John. He actually entrusted his mom to John. Whenever he was, don't you refer to me as the friend that Jason loved when the, you talk about that's me? That's exactly the right. one who Jesus loves. Yeah, yeah, that was that's an interesting way to identify yourself. But that's how John <laughs> identified himself <laughs> because is. he knew he was Jesus's closest friend. But then there were two others that were in a, maybe a little bit of a larger concentric circle. That was Peter, James, and John. And Jesus took those three up to the mountain 
to where Jesus transfigured in front of them, but he left the nine other disciples who was in a wider concentric circle, the 12, right? He left the rest of those nine down low. How do you think it made them feel when Jesus says, Peter, James, John, come with me? And the rest of them were like, wait, why didn't I get the call? Well, that's because those guys weren't on his inner inner circle, right? So then you had the 12, and then you had the 70, 70 then you had the crowds, right? Or you could say 150, then you had the crowd. So Jesus had concentric circles. So first you have to identify the people yeah. that you're going to let in those concentric circles. I think too often when it comes to priorities, you try to prioritize your task in your day, you know, the tasks for your day, but and you haven't done the people. And the next thing you know, you've got people who are outside the main circles giving you tasks and you're doing those things. You know, David and I know what this feels like. We get somebody who hasn't seen us in a while or whatever, like, hey, let's go grab coffee. And you're trying, you don't want to be mean. You don't want to be, you're like, we need okay. to talk about that part that I don't want to be yeah. mean because yeah. this is where people struggle, but keep yeah. going. It's exactly right. And the next thing you know, I see David giving me a calendar invite for next Wednesday at 10 o'clock and I go have coffee with somebody. Yeah, I like them. It's great. It's all this. But in reality, I shouldn't have spent from 10 to 11 on a Wednesday afternoon with that person at that time. But see, right? you're presupposing a lot of other things, anchor okay. activities and. Yeah, but and I'm just talking about like people that. right yeah. now. So that's why I wanted to give us a foundation before we talk about anything else when it comes to our tasks. We have to get the people in place. And let me round out Jason's thought. Actually, let me begin his thought where it needs to begin. <laughs> the first person is yourself. That sounds selfish, but it's not. And, and you're in an airplane or you're in a jet and the oxygen drops down. The first thing you're supposed to do, put mask on yourself so that you can be effective for others. We'll talk about anchor activities. We, we've talked about that before. But the primary anchor activity for us in terms of being productive is I have to take care of myself. It begins with front-end discipline. Don't eat too late at night. Make sure that I'm drinking plenty of water because that's so healthy for my body. Clean up my diet a little bit. But then I can wake up in the morning and I've got a good solid two hours of an anchor activity with the Lord, meditation, prayer, exercise, sauna, if I can fit it in, right? Those are so vital to us. Even Jesus, it says he woke up while it was still dark and went and spent time with the Father. That's what he did. That wasn't selfish. He left the three. He left John. He left the 12. You know, he left the 70. He wasn't talking to the crowd, but it was just him and God. And so that is, that is priority number one. And you got to pay very close attention. You got to be self-aware to know when, and especially moms, I see moms in business, mothers in business can get burnout real quick because they are so giving and they literally live them, live their lives for their kids, for their husbands and for everyone else. And they take very little time for themselves. And that's not a shame on a mom. That's just, she's so generous with her time that sometimes you have to really get much tighter on who you're giving your time to and especially for yourself. That's so important. So Jason, let's go back to that thought that you just brought up about, I mean, I like them. It'd be great yeah. to go to lunch together, but I can't go to lunch with everybody. Because frankly, yeah. if you start going to lunch with everybody that asks, oh, you're, you're you done. will quit being the person that they actually want to go to lunch with because yeah. you're not doing anything anymore. Yeah. So let's talk about this. So David, you just referenced, you know, seeing moms in business oftentimes burnt out. You've got a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business leaders who are struggling to feel okay, yes. feeling like it's acceptable to actually turn some things down. So if somebody comes to you and says, this is a role play, Jason, I'm your high school buddy. Haven't seen you in 15 years. I was in town. Hey man, I want to get together. Let's have lunch sometime. What do you actually say to them? If yeah. you're like this person, honestly, four circles out, 
I'm not getting lunch with you. Well, Gotta you hey, play role play with me after you do it with Jason because I guarantee <laughs> mine's better than his. All right, okay, go. so the first okay. thing, first thing, because that was happening a lot to me and David. Okay, so David and I got together. This was ten years ago, and we said, "There's all these dudes. They always want to talk with us. They want to meet with us and that kind of stuff. Let's set up once a week where we have a Bible study." where we can invite anybody to at any time. And we and then after that Bible study, we'll hang out and talk with certain people at certain times. And so we set up this Bible study. Now, fortunately for us, we've been recording that Bible study. We got it on our Ben and Brothers app. So we've got all these different things that help Christian entrepreneurs. But then David and I started telling, hey, yeah, for sure. Come see us, you know, Wednesday morning, 8 o'clock. Afterwards, we'll talk a little bit. And if they're not okay with that, if they're, want, if they're like, no, 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 hey, man, I, I want to I get lunch with you. Then typically I'm just like, man, I'm not available. And and the, I tell you, a book that I read, I don't think it's named this anymore, but it was by Andy Stanley called Choosing to Cheat. I think he has a new name for it, uh, the the greatest question or something like that. But when you are put into a situation where somebody is asking you to do something, you have to choose to cheat because somebody is going to be cheated in that situation. So if it's middle of the afternoon on a Wednesday, and you should be at you know doing your either with a client, you know, because you're trying to provide for your family or with your family or whatever. If you say yes to that person, then you're saying no to someone else. So don't think about the person, you know, that, that, that you potentially would like to say yes to. Think about the person that you have to say no to and which person would you rather disappoint? Like that is key. So I'll give you a quick example. Um, I was talking to a married couple. They were having some serious issues. She didn't feel prioritized. And so, I started talking to the guy and I said, well, what's your, what's your evening routine look like when you come home from work? He said, well, you know, I was an alcoholic and now I'm free and man, I'm, I'm 16 months sober or whatever. So then on Tuesday nights, I go to my group and that's about three hours. And then on Thursday nights is when I have to mentor other alcoholics because other men are struggling and I need to help them out. And so I positioned this scenario. Let's imagine this. So now you're you're busy on Tuesday nights and Thursday nights. Your wife and kid are sitting there watching a show and you're not available. Let me ask you this. Your wife calls you and says, honey, I'm broke down on the side of the road. Um, I don't know what's wrong with the car, but I'm broke down. I'm out here on I-85. Cars are whizzing past. Can you please hurry and come? I said, would you get up and do anything? He's like, yeah, of course. So like, okay, so you're going. And then you see your wife off in the distance. And then about 200 yards before her, you see a, a guy who's broke down too, and he needs help, who do you stop and help? Right? Right. It's like, well, I got I to help this guy because I've been in his shoes before. Well, if you do that, you're not helping your wife. You have chosen to cheat her rather than him. You have got to get your priorities straight. Well, how did he respond to that? You know what? You're right. So oh, good. You know, and then he, I guess it'd be good if I followed up with him, but that was like eight months ago. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, role play play for David, buddy from high school. Here he goes. Dave, man, haven't seen you in forever. You're looking great. I like the facial hair. Let's get lunch sometime. Maybe tomorrow? No, can't do it tomorrow, but hey, dude, sounds amazing. Would love to get to lunch with you. I've got a Bible study standing 8 a.m. every Wednesday morning. Then after that, I usually spend about 15 or 20 minutes connecting with folks, and I would love to connect with you specifically. And by the way, I've got this calendar. I've got this uh, slot open a Thursday, three weeks from now. Now, here's what I'm saying. I got to the point to where I said, first, we have to analyze how do I prioritize my anchor activities for myself? And I know that's between 5 and 7 a.m., sometimes 8 a.m., depending on my day. 
but I've got about two to three hours. I do get a lot of text messages from you two between the five and seven a.m. hour, which I like because I feel like <laughs> it's anointed. If it comes in that window, I'm like, they're thinking. Yeah, there's something on very this. clear. Okay, but I've but, done better with but, not doing. But that. I like it's, them. It's, it's it's me, and then it's my wife, and then my five kids, right? And and what? So those are my circles, and then you you spread out, and I've got a few more in that next circle then you spread out and i've got my bible study guys and then you spread out and i've got my church community spread out to my neighborhood community and then spread out to my i would say national community but that sounds self-serving it's not but anyway and so what i did was i said okay i'll have an anchor for that community my third level out yep every wednesday so whether you're leading it or participating in it that becomes an anchor and i think it's so important for people people to be a part of that also you know the sunday gathering is an anchor for, for community. It's a much larger net. But anyway, so what I did was I said, okay, once a month, I'm going to bracket one solid day from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. And I'm going to have Deb, my secretary, filter 30 minute to one hour increments of time once a month to every single person. Now that means a lot of coffee and probably a lot of salad and all these other little things because I want them to feel special. But anyway, and I just, I'll just load them all up into one day a month. So I'm not pushing them off. Now you could make that one quarter. You could make it biannual, but it, it made me much more intentional. And then it allowed me to push people into a slot as opposed to me being a ping pong ball. That has been completely life-changing. It has freed me up. And it, what it did was it took me from busy work to building work. It's good. Busy work is you're just reacting to relationships because you want to be in relationship or you're reacting to a task building work, you know, you take all of that busy work and you can block it. Like for instance, if you're a solopreneur and you're doing everything yourself, you got to work block every day. You got like work blocks of busy work, but then you have to stop and work block a two hour chunk on building work. Like I'm creating new partnerships and I'm developing new vendor relationships or negotiating new contracts. Right. But in my life now I'm a seapreneur. So I'm outside the system now in it. I actually have my busy day, I have one full busy day a month where I can plug in, you know, eight relationship connections into that one day. And then I have my weekly anchor, which gives me a little bit more of like the handshake, chest bump type stuff. But I will not react. And what that's been, what that's given me is a lot of building work blocks in my day. I can, after I'm done with my personal side, my personal care, I get right into a building two or three hour work block and then I'm into an anchor with my wife and my kids and then I'm back into a building again. I like that. And what do you say to the person who says, I get it guys, but I'm not that regimented. I like to kind of freestyle it. You know, I like to, cool. I like a little more freedom in my life. I don't know about that structure. What do you say to them? Well, I, I don't give it. them the structure. I don't tell them that's how I'm structured. No, but for their own lives, for their own, their lives. own lives. Oh, oh I see so, what you're saying. So I, I, you just can't make yourself that available. You just can't. Jesus didn't. Um, would love to. Right now, I'm in. I'm in monk mode in work. You know what does monk mode monk mean? modes means I'm nose down. I'm in a cave. I've got to get work done. Like, no, are you talking working? about the people that say I like to freestyle? Yep. What, how do we advise? Them? That's what I'm saying. The oh. person cannot make themselves so available. You just can't. David has always made himself way more available than me. No, but I put it into a block now. He puts it into a block. I don't even really do a block. <laughs> like. I just, it's all Bible study. Okay. So if somebody, my first rule is I won't answer the question. The first rule. So somebody says, Hey, let's get together for lunch. It's like, Hey, great. So what are you into now? Right. They're going to have to pursue me. 
in order for me to get to a point where I'm like, bro, right now, I mean, as much as I would love to, I am really busy with monk what I got going. mode, wearing a monk's robe. Now, I got monk mode from a good buddy of mine named Paul Baco, who does this, and he's very good with it, but he, he blocks his time like that. But it, it's very helpful. But I think that ultimately you've got to determine between what's urgent and what's vital. Your friends all want to meet with you. You got people, you got tasks that are always urgent. It's like, oh, come on, we got we to gotta meet or whatever. But what's vital is anything that leads to life. What's urgent is what completes a task. What's vital leads to life. Like right now it's urgent that we finish this podcast, but it's vital that my bladder, gallbladder works and that my bladder works and that my pancreas is still operating. Because right now, if, if I were really full on water right now and I had to use the bathroom, uh, what's urgent is going to have to give way to what's vital. So we simply, at the beginning of our day, make sure that you elevate what's vital, the things that you have to get done, and then give yourself a couple hours or whatever where you can react to and some things. Relationships, right, margin. Are, relationships should not be urgent. They are always vital, but you have to be intentional about it, which yeah. is why you have to work block. That's good. That's really good. I think it's interesting to talk about priorities and we start with relationships. We uh-huh. start with people because this is not how people naturally think. That's right. The default is to think, okay, I've got a task list. Okay, I should probably take number seven and push it up towards the top of the list. And you're saying, no, 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 before you even get to the task list, yeah. zoom out and say, is the task list correct? Because yeah. it's not based on the people who are the priorities in your life. That's that it. I love. I was reading this, you might have saw it on uh, on social this week. I was reading this um, passage again, Second Chronicles 16. Um, our pastor preached on it a few weeks ago. And it was such a good reminder because it's King Asa. Basically, it says 36 years into his reign, he basically got a little sideways. Mm-hmm. He was like, eh, I used to kind of do it God's way, and I'm going to go ahead and kind of negotiate this deal on my own. I'm going to take some money basically from the church. I'm going to buy off this king. I'm going to kind right. of reestablish this treaty, and then a prophet comes to him. It actually says a seer. Is there a difference between a seer yeah, and no, a prophet? it's the same. same okay, thing. prophet comes to him. A seer. Yeah, that's right. Uh, prophet comes to him and says, hey, heads up. You used to actually trust God. Mm. And when you did, you remember how good it was? Yeah. You no longer trust God. You're going to have to deal with the unrest. And so, you know, he's like a little bit sideways. And then it fast forwards to the end of this book. And it says now in the 39th year of his reign, so three years later, it says he develops a foot pain. And this is really interesting. In the uh, in the aftermath of that foot pain, it says he still doesn't consult yeah. the Lord. Yeah. He still decides to go and trust the physicians, and then he dies. Yeah. I just felt like how interesting that this guy, 36 years into his reign, got a little sideways, got off track, never got back on track, right. at least based on what the scriptures say. So yeah. it reminds me that as you two are talking about, here's how we prioritize, here's how we put people first. We have to bring our A game all the time. And even if you're 30 years into your ministry, That's right. into your life, into your marriage, into your parenting, if you don't continue to live a life that requires you to be faithful, you're not in tune with God's word, you're not uh, praying and listening, mm. you can get sideways fast. Even right. some of the best people we know can get sideways fast, and sometimes they don't recover. Yeah. So a little bit scary, but I love this. We can have you know three podcast episodes on this topic, but let's end it with this, own it or loan it. For those of you listening for the first time, own it or loan it is where we throw out a topic. I asked David and Jason if they would rather own it, keep it, buy it, they want it or loan it. Get rid of that. I don't want to have anything to do with it and never speak of it again. All right, what is this? Own it or loan it. The importance of your kids getting good grades. Oh, loan oh, that. Loan it. Loan it. Okay, okay so tell me why. Loan quick, it. Quick, quick. It, it, it depends on whether or not they can get good grades because sometimes they aren't like that. But to me, it's not about grades. It's about people. 
your ability to manage and handle relationships with people, that will make you far more successful than being smart. And yeah, I would definitely loan it. I never enforce good grades with my kids. I enforce their best. Is this your best? And do you have structure? Are you honoring your teachers submitted to their authority? Are you sticking up for the little guys? Are you, for my boys, I tell them, are you respecting the girls around you? For my girls, I'm saying, are you being kind and reaching out to others that are marginalized or feel isolated? I'm way more after their character than I am about their performance with grades. Love that. But they can't, the they can't slough off, though. I mean, well, no, right. that's why I started the saying, are they excellent? Do you listen to me? He doesn't. Goofball. He's not listening to you at all. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, review if you haven't. It would really make a big difference to us if you would do that. Maybe just take 30 seconds, go write a little review and say, man, expert ownership, I like that podcast. In fact, I would recommend it if you're looking for one. All right, we'll see you next time. Oh, wait, I almost forgot. Impact over income. It's okay to pursue both. Just make sure you get the order Right. It's exactly right. All right, we'll see you next time. I've been really, really feeling it. Feeling it. About to bust a move or a show, let me get it. If you really, really feeling it, put it in your left hand, right hand, throw it up and hit it.